1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this... Let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where dirt and spray visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about and some you haven't. How do you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Spray is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily ticker time here on a Friday brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach, online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited to talk to one of our favorites, Brady Henderson. He covers the Seahawks for ESPN at Brady Henderson on Twitter. We'll give him a follow. Uh, Brady, good morning to you, man. If I would have told you in August, we'd be interviewing you going into week eight of the NFL season, getting ready for a 6-1 and one New York Giants team. First place. No, not first place. They're behind the Eagles, but almost first place. Taking on the first place in the NFC West, Seattle Seahawks at 4-3. and three. What would your reaction have been? Um,
3: I would have asked you what you've been drinking, and I would have said I, I want what you're having <laughs> probably. Um, no, I I mean, it, uh, yeah, you could not see this coming, but it's just kind of been the way the NFL has gone this season. There's a lot of things that uh, you couldn't really see coming between Geno Smiths Incredible start. The Seahawks and Giants success. The Buccaneers are uh, really struggling. The Jets are good for the first time in however long it's been. So that's just kind of been the theme of the NFL this year. And, um, yeah, this game, it's not only an intriguing game because of the records, but and I know it's also maybe a little early to be talking about, like, playoff implications. But, you know, this is two NFC uh, teams in, in a conference that, you know, there's, it's pretty down this year. And so this very much could have a lot of bearing on what happens, uh, you know, in, in a couple months from now.
4: I'll try to shorten this, Brady, because I feel like I could talk for 15 straight minutes before you of just like how wrong I've been so far, uh, not just with the Giants, but particularly with the Seahawks, because, you know, I, I follow your great coverage and you see the roster and you see the quarterback position and, you know, you see what's been happening the last couple of years with Russ and Schneider and Carroll. And I'm like, yo, I would get rid of Carroll. You're doing a rebuild. He's been really damn good. I mean, this whole season's been a dream. I think everybody continues, Brady, to wait for the slipper to kind of fall off the Giants and the Seahawks. I'll ask you this covering the Seahawks. We're still ways away from the playoffs, but are you, are you buying them? Are you starting to put yourself in that mindset, barring an injury, of course, and obviously DK's injured right now, but are you yourself kind of starting to talk to yourself that, hey, this is, this is legitimate, and this is something that you could see reaching the postseason?
3: Yes. Yeah. Because mainly because, you know, going into this season, I was pretty, I I thought they had a really solid roster around the quarterback. And the big question was going to be, can the quarterback, you know, and at the time I thought, can the quarterback just be like an effective game manager? And if so, you've got enough around him to maybe, you know, be around 500 or something like that. But not only um, are they getting much better than game manager level play from Geno Smith, they're getting such good play from him that it's you know 500 I mean they could be more than that and obviously when they're four and three um and finally their defense is starting to round into form I mean this looks like it, it could be a, a playoff team especially with again just how down the NFC you know and overall is and and how you know nobody looks like they're really in, in danger of running away with that division right now and they're in first place and you know the the Rams and the uh 49ers and the Cardinals all have issues of their own so um. Yeah, it's it's you know the defense. I I think you kind of need to maybe see it for one more game, but mm-hmm. it's two straight games where they really look like they know what they're doing and they've got their issues figured out. Uh, gonna have a tough challenge this week against a team that you know they know is gonna want to run the heck out of the ball. But um, yeah, there's it's it's just it's hard to point to what they're doing as a fluke. I I think you could say the Giants have probably overachieved. Based on their level of talent, um, but yeah, I think the Seahawks. It just feels it feels more real based on the team that they have.
2: Yeah, and watching the quarterback play too, it feels a little more sustainable, right? The way Geno's going instead of Daniel yeah. Jones, and you know, I, I've heard from Seahawks fans this year. I, part of the reason uh, I didn't give them much of a chance to to have a great season is because I didn't expect much from their draft class. We just we've kind of seen Seattle struggle in, in that department, which is funny because they built those Super Bowl teams based on just incredible drafting prowess, and there's those famous stories of, you know, the D draft grade or whatever it was for all those guys that went on to lead the Legion of Boom. Uh, how much – I mean, Gino has gotten a lot of credit, and rightfully so, because he's playing great. How much credit do you give their start to just how they've hit on some of these rookies and the impact that the young guys are having right out of the gate?
3: Yeah, it's been a big deal for them. It's, it's six of their nine draft picks who are either starting or playing significant roles right now, and in some of those cases, like, you know, are really – I would say most of them. Uh, those guys are actually helping them win games. You know, early in the season, you could maybe say, like with Kobe Bryant, for instance, that you know they weren't really winning because of him. They were just winning. You know, he he was doing just enough to hold on to that job, and they were kind of working through the growing pains. But really, like it, you know, Boy and he's playing a lot. Really, hasn't made I would say like a, a huge impact uh, plays the way that some of the other guys have, but you know, they're winning because of the rookie tackles. They're winning because of Tariq Mullen and uh, because of Ken Walker. And so um, it's it's not just like those guys are there and just hanging on, like they're there and helping them win games. And I think you obviously hit on the draft picks, so that, that's that's part of it. Uh, the opportunity is another one just because this, you know, there were so many openings for those guys to play right, right. in ways that, you know, maybe they haven't had in recent seasons. And um, I, I think part of what you've seen in the past few years is, yeah, they missed on some of those picks, but those guys also just didn't have the same opportunity to play that uh that these players do. And I think that you're also getting some really good coaching. And I would really point to the Tariq Woolen uh, exa- as as a really good example of that. Like, obviously, the the front office did a, a nice job of finding that player and believing in him. But this is not a guy who was playing like this last year at, at UTSA. And, and, and Pete Carroll has kind of alluded to this, like reason he fell to the fifth round, he obviously had these marvelous physical traits, but he was not playing this way. There was some rough film there, and that's why a guy with, you know, that size and speed fell as far as he did. So, obviously, the Seahawks coaching staff is reaching him in ways that previous coaches did not, Um, and so I think you've got to give some credit. To them here as well, especially with the wallet pick. I
4: i saw your report on DK. We don't know if he's going to play. At least we don't know what does your gut say, and and what do you just think about the matchup? Because every week the giant thing seems to be, well, they they can't really pass the football, and then they come back and they end up winning. And so I'd imagine Seahawks fan is nervous as all hell, despite this game being played in Seattle. Uh, what do you think about the matchup and DK status?
3: My gut is not always right, but my gut tells me that they're going to rest him at least one week. And um, I know it's not totally unheard of for a guy to not practice and then end up playing. Tyler Lockett did it last week, but this just seems like a, a more severe injury. Tyler Lockett's got a, a bum hamstring, which you know, depending on how severe it is, you could play through that. This, I just, this seems like an issue that they do not want to have linger or get worse with DK. So my my gut is that they're going to give him at least one week off. Um, And then in terms of the matchup, you know, I I still think that even without DK that this is a game the Seahawks, I don't know if maybe should win, but definitely um, should not be impossible for them. I mean, the Giants, they pose a really strong threat with running the ball and Saquon Barkley. It looks like he's back to form. And, you know, they've also got a quarterback who can make do some damage with his legs and they have struggled against, you know, mobile quarterbacks, whether it was Taysom Hill or, uh, Marcus Mariota to a lesser extent, uh, Kyler Murray a couple weeks ago, even when they had that really good game against Arizona, I think he still ran for 100 yards. And so, uh, But that said, this is a Giants offense that is very limited outside of Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones' legs. They've got you know a journeyman named Marcus Johnson starting for them at wide receiver. They don't have Kadarius Toney. Uh, so the weaponry is, is not all that strong, and you really know exactly how they're going to try to beat you. And I think that's really the only way that they can beat the Seahawks.
2: What's your favorite Halloween candy?
3: Oh. Oh, good one. Um, Mr. Goodbar. I know that's kind of a a deep cut in the candy game. I love a Mr. uh, Mr. Goodbar. Goodbar. Yeah.
4: You know, I love that we asked you all these football questions, and the first one you go, oh, good question,
3: is a candy (laughs) question. Like, okay. I guess guess I'll rewrite football questions. Well, it was implied that the football questions were a good ones. Brady, the, you, you just stumped me in ways that you didn't with the football
4: one. <laughs> uh, I guess it's kind of a weird two-parter, but I know we're against it here. Uh, one, are you pro or anti-costume guy for Halloween if you're partaking in a, a party or whatever? And then do you expect the Seahawks to make, make a move at all for the trade? We've seen some trades go down. You mentioned Kadarius Toney, who's now in Kansas City. Um, we've seen Robert Quinn go to the Eagles. Do you expect the Seahawks to be involved in anything? Are they buying in on this team, I guess is what I'm asking
3: that's a great two-parter um i don't know i haven't heard anything in terms of of what specifically they're looking for i would imagine that maybe some linebacker help uh could be one of them i think any trade that they do uh, if if it's a a guy who's making any sort of money i really think that they would have to either as part of that deal or as part of another deal send Sidney jones away and that would be not so much about whatever draft pick you get back because it probably wouldn't be more than a late round pick but they, they're up against the cap enough to where they would probably need the salary relief uh, by trading away Jones and getting rid of that guaranteed uh, money that he's making. And so um, I could see them being players just because they've got all that extra draft capital, two ones, two twos, an extra fifth rounder next year as well. So they're pretty loaded draft capital wise. Um, in terms of costumes, uh, I, I look, I'm all for it. I just, you got to give me like time to get this costume and to, <laughs> you know try it on and everything like it's just hard uh it's been hard like i I don't really have a whole lot of costumes laying around to where i could just cobble together i do have a really good hulk hogan costume that's sort of been my (laughs) go-to for the past seven or eight years hell yeah brother Um, that's right say your prayers and eat your vitamins yeah
4: i feel like you just put glasses on and some AirPods and call yourself mr unlimited that'd be an easy costume have a good look
2: do some high knees that would be (laughs) Yeah, I need, yeah, I need it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brady Henderson, we always enjoyed. as a Seahawks reporter for ESPN. Go check him out on Twitter, at Brady Henderson, for his latest work. I hope boat life is treating you well. We always appreciate the time, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, man. Okay, fellas.
3: Thank you.
0: See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.